Drive into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 40 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. I'm your host, Brian O'Grady, and with me, as always, my co-host, Justin Ayers. Actually, we haven't done this together in, what, two weeks? We've been a little off schedule there, so good to be back with you, J.A. Good to talk to you again. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. I was just thinking that. I was like, damn, I feel like it has been a little bit since since you and I have done one of these. It's, you know, our, our pal Ryan Ripkin's been hopping on here each week. Uh, he won't be on this week. He's actually going down to Tampa to watch the Ravens play the Buccaneers on Thursday night football. So uh, we're going to be pulling for his Ravens there to pull out a, a victory there against Tam- uh, Tom and in-, in Tampa Bay there. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking that like, damn, yeah, we needed to get back on here. Talk about baseball. We have a lot to talk about. The world series uh, starts tomorrow. So we're, we're going to drop this on Thursday. The world series starts on Friday. So uh, no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, and I'm glad to be back here with you, man. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, good to be back. I know the schedule is me coming home from Japan and getting life back together over here. It's, you know, been an adjustment. And I did the stuff with Colin last week, and you've been doing uh, with our, like you said, with Ryan Ripkin. So good to have the old duo back and talk some yeah. World Series and some other stuff for sure. It's going to be the best. So before we get to all of that, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Psalm Sleep. Are you having trouble getting enough sleep at night because Psalm Sleep has you covered? The scientifically advanced Psalm Snack includes ingredients that are naturally found in your body like GABA, magnesium, and melatonin. Sleep is the best form of recovery, and it has helped people everywhere take their game to the next level. It's simple. All you have to do is drink one serving just 30 minutes before you go to bed, and your body will naturally calm itself down. Other sleep supplements leave you feeling groggy in the morning, but not Psalm Sleep. Wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day. Go to GetSom.com, click shop, and enter the code BATS. That's B-A-T-S at checkout for 10% off of your entire order of Psalm Sleep. So, like I said, we have a little bit of news, and we have some World Series preview. But we'll start with the news, because there's a lot of interesting things to talk about in the world of Major League Baseball that has nothing to do with the the current playoffs and World Series. Uh, My favorite topic, and we're going to be bringing this up a lot, I feel like, is the Aaron Judge saga. Aaron Judge is officially, you know, once the World Series ends, an unrestricted free agent. So the sweepstake is getting ready to begin. Um, obviously, the Yankees were swept by the Astros and the ALCS. To refresh everyone's memory about the, the concept, contract situation, the Yankees offered Judge seven years, 213 and a half. He turned that down. He's going to bet on himself. And then he hit 62 home runs, drove in 130, and led all of baseball in the war. So that's that's a pretty good it's pretty good betting on yourself there in a walk year. So there's a couple teams, actually there's a handful of teams that are rumored to be in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes. And Brian, I wanted to get your kind of knee-jerk first reaction. How these teams fit, like how Judge would fit on these teams, just kind of the whole vibe around what what could possibly be a, a monster signing here in the offseason. I wanted to start with the LA Dodgers. Uh they could let both turners, Trey and Justin, go. Kimbrell could walk, Gallo could walk. Hypothetically, that's like 100 plus mil that's coming off the books there in LA on top of already the, the millions that they could spend to begin with. And also, an interesting little wrinkle if they get Judge, Mookie could go to second base. So, what do you think about Dodgers and Aaron Judge? Yeah, I think they definitely they'll spend the money. I think Trey Turner's definitely coming off the books. I think he's going somewhere else. And there's other guys, you know, 
can free up some money too. Knee-jerk reaction to that, man, is I just don't see Judge going there. I don't see him wanting to go there. I'm not really – I have no real reason for that. I just don't see him going from New York, you know, the Yankees to the Dodgers. It just doesn't, just doesn't seem right. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Um, do I think that they're – I think they'll, you know, throw some feelers out there, maybe throw some money at them, but – at the same time, too, man, I, I don't know. I just don't it, – that it just doesn't fit for me for some reason. Like I said, I can't really tell you exactly why, but I just don't see him in a Dodger uniform. What do you think? I kind of like the idea of him in a Dodger uniform. I feel like even with the luxury tax and even with the money coming off the books, I feel like even if the money didn't come off the books at all, I feel like they would still probably make a run at him just because they're the Dodgers and they just got embarrassed by the Padres in the playoffs. So – um, I feel like they need to come out swinging this offseason, spend a whole chunk of change, get your franchise right fielder. I would love to see Mookie Betts play second base. I heard he takes ground balls there before every single game. I think that would be an interesting little wrinkle if you let the Turners walk your infield to have Mookie Betts at second base. So I think that personally would be kind of fun. I don't disagree with you on that. Mookie's a great athlete, was an infielder originally um, in the minors. I'm sure he could do it now if he, you know, if that's what his focus was. I don't want to see Josh on the Dodgers. Don't want to see it. <laughs> Not at all. I think there's a more interesting places he could end up. Yep. But you are very right about, and this is this is that's a very good point. I really wasn't thinking of. Uh, Dodgers basically got embarrassed in the postseason, losing to the to the you know what's becoming their big rival, whether they like it or not, the Padres, and who that you know they owned in the um, regular season, and you know 111 wins and all that stuff, and yeah, quick exit to the, to the Padres. So you're right. They're going to be hungry and they're going to be trying to throw some money around and, and make some things happen. So yeah, that's, that's a great point. No greater person to throw a big chunk of change at than Aaron judge this off season. Um, the other team is uh, the, the San Francisco giants. They've, they've been honestly looking for a face of that franchise since Buster Posey retired. They were in on Bryce Harper. They were in on trying to trade for Giancarlo Stanton. Their payroll for next year is comically low. So I think it's 92 right now, but I think if Carlos Rondon doesn't come back, it'll be like 60 something mil or, or so, it'll be, it'll be ridiculously low for a team. That's a big market. And it's always been willing to spend on people. What do you think about the San Francisco giants for Aaron judge? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of this one. I think that would be really cool to see him go there. You're right. They're definitely looking for that kind of face of the franchise that, you know, rock that's in the lineup every day because they, they like to do the, the matchups um, and the platoon kind of thing. But he's a guy, you know, no matter what people showing up and know they're going to see him. So I, I do like that one a lot. You're right. They have a ton of money to spend. Uh, it sounded like they're going to make a run, not only at him, but at all some other big time free agents, especially arms, I think too. But I think that would be my first or second favorite I'm not sure. My first or second favorite option for or landing spot for for judges this, this offseason. What do you think? I think it would be great. Yeah, I mean they they need some star power out there. I love when they had Chris Bryant because just I felt like he had some juice when he was there. They should have re-signed him. I don't know why they didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I think this would be a great fit. So I think I think Dodgers is probably my one. This might be my two slash two A, uh, depending on how some of these other shake out. But these next two teams would be the ultimate slap in the face to Yankees fans. And honestly, I wouldn't hate either of them. Uh, the New York Mets. How great would that be if he just goes across town to Flushing Queens and, and just plays for the the hated New York Mets? I mean, what a story that would be. When you're saying that now, this is 
Giants are number two. <laughs> Mets are number one for me. I think that would just be – what a story that would be. First of all, I, in my mind, Cohen's going to throw a ton of money at Judge to try to get him there because same thing. I mean, what an appeal that would be to get him still in New York just to the other side and you know, go to Queens instead. And, man, just the – I don't even know. Like, the hate <laughs> – the like from Yankees fans, just but from Yankees fans at Judge, from Yankees fans at the Yankees, like that would just be another level of insanity and uh, turmoil to see Judge go to the Mets. And I think the Mets, obviously, he would make them they're a good team already. He would make them a really good team, depending on some other things. But man. I, what a story that would be if he if he ended up with the Mets. It's it's so good. The next one is is it's equal levels of hate and vitriol. It's the Boston Red Sox. They they finished in last place this season, which is you know sometimes the Red Sox just have these fluky seasons where they just end up in last place. But then I feel like the next year they always just somehow bounce back and are always right in the thick of it. I mean that would just be the ultimate middle finger to the New York Yankees. And plus you know they might be players in free agency to begin with. So Judge is a Red Sox. I can't even. There's no way. Right. Like there's no way I would love to see it too. That'd be, it would definitely be another fun one from New York to Boston, but I just, I don't see it happening. I think you're right. I think Boston is going to go after some guys, but I just, I don't see judge in a Red Sox uniform. Although, like you said, the storylines there from New York would be great. And seeing him hit with the, you know, with the green monster there, that whole time would, would be a lot of fun. But at the same time, I don't know if he can really have any more fun than he does in Yankee Stadium, 82, 81 games a year. Or so, but dreaming about him playing for the Red Sox is pretty funny. Don't you think? I would like that one just for our friend Jared Carabas. I feel like that would be his Twitter <laughs> is already great as it is, but I can't imagine the tweets. The day the judge signs with the Red Sox might be an all time Twitter day. So that's just something to think about when we're following this storyline this offseason is how great the, the Carabas Twitter feed will be. It'll be, I can't even imagine. Over under. 300 tweets the day Aaron Judge signs as a Red Sox from Carabas. He might just like spontaneously combust. We might we might <laughs> lose Jared. We'll just, just burst into constant. flames. Oh yeah. my god. That would be the la- unbelievable. The last one's no fun. It's the Yankees. I don't think he's going back to the Yankees. Uh, but if they don't sign him, they'll probably regret it. Really? You really don't think he's going back? I don't he's gone. He would have he yeah. would all the language and the stuff that he's been saying this offseason and the all-star break, he told the little kid that there's other players on the Yankees to cheer for it's He's not going back there. It's that's signed, sealed, delivered. That's he's not going. Back. I hope you're right, just because I, I the storylines would be amazing from that. I I feel like he's going to go back because you know without without him, man, especially this year. But he's the guy there. If he goes back, he's going to be the captain. They have to throw a ton of money, like they have to. So yeah. he's going to basically get whatever he wants. He's going to have that legacy you know, the next Yankee captain, but at the same time, it's a lot of pressure. You know, they haven't won. I just, I can't, the Yankees, it would just be such a catastrophic like, <laughs> failure for them. Yeah, that's why franchise. I want it. Like that. I just can't, I would, like I said, love to see it because it's just the chaos that would ensue. But I just, them as a franchise, I just can't see them letting it happen. Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, like that fan base, I just, it would, I, I don't even know what happened. It would just be insanity, pure insanity. 
I got my fingers crossed. I hope the cash man doesn't pony up and I hope he goes, I don't even know what he would spend that money on. I hope he goes somewhere weird, maybe a, a long-term extension for Aaron Boone. That's maybe that maybe he'll use the judge money for Aaron Boone. Cause I think he, I think there's rumors that he's coming back. So that's, that's another, another little fun wrinkle to that whole Yankees drama this off season to shift gears though. And to talk about our friends in San Diego, tough loss NLCS against the Phillies, the Padres off season, potentially a lot of turnover. This roster could look dramatically different come 2023. I was looking at their list of notable free agents. There's a lot of heavy hitters. It's Mike Clevenger, Sean Manaya, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, Pierce Johnson, Craig Stammen. And then I was looking, it's like Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, and Jerks and Profar can opt out. And then Will Myers has a $20 million team option that's certain to be bought out for $1 million. That's a lot of their team. Who from that list stands out that, you know, should be brought back? Well, when, when you hear the list of gigantic free agents that are going to potentially leave in San Diego, what, what, are, what are you thinking? It's a lot for sure. Uh, Clevenger came over to trade Manai. They're all trade guys, right? Um, minus Pearson and Craiger. But I would say the one guy who, who from that first group of Clevenger, yeah. Manai, Bell, Drury, Johnson and, and Stammen. Uh, Craig Stammen's been there a long time. He, he's one of the leaders in that that clubhouse. Uh, but Pierce Johnson has low-key been a really good reliever for these past couple of years for them after pitching in Japan for a few years. So I would expect him to end up back there, and I think he's a pretty important piece. And then the next group is very interesting because – Nick Martinez just came back from Japan after throwing there for a few years. Same with Suarez. And Suarez really became like their guy down the stretch, even though Harper hit the home run off him, you know, to knock the Padres out. But I would imagine both Martinez threw pretty well too late as the season went on where he kind of had a hybrid role. I think Martinez and Suarez probably are thinking they can test the open market and probably get more money. Not that they don't want to return to San Diego, but probably can do a little bit better. It's probably what they're thinking. <clears throat> Profar, I think Profar stays um, with the Padres. But you never know um, on those guys. And then Will, yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like his, his he's going to be bought out for that, that one mil option. But that doesn't mean that they won't bring him back on a more team-friendly deal. I know they're, they're close to the luxury tax now with, with the other guys and I would think priority number one for them this offseason is probably trying to lock down Juan Soto, right? You send all that stuff to the Nationals stuff, all those guys to the Nationals uh, for Soto. You want to lock them up. It's going to be expensive for sure, but if you can get that deal done and you know what money is on the books and what it's looking like, then you can plan out the other stuff. So I would assume they're going to try to explore that and see what happens. But obviously they have other, some other holes to fill. They're going to get uh, Fernando Tatis back, obviously, at some point. I think it's April 20th, I think, is what I saw, is when they get him back next year. They have – you bring him back in that infield. You know, Hassan Kim is a gold glove finalist and shortstop, but you can – you could. I don't – this is, you know, some things I've seen too, but – Options there would be moving Cronenworth to first base, who's done that and is a good first baseman, even though he's a very good second baseman too. Uh, move Kim to second. Toddy goes back to shortstop. Crony goes to first. And then that is a that's a hell of an very infield. good defensive infield there. Machado, Tatis, Kim, and, and Crony. And 
so that's one option of what to do. But it's you know I think that like Drury's done some nice stuff. I think he can probably be brought back on a cheaper deal. I think and, and he's got some flexibility there too in his position. So I think he might be one that they probably want to bring back. I know Bell struggled a little bit, but got a good track record and did some nice things in the playoffs. Manai and Clevenger, you know that's that's the interesting one uh, to me because you got Snell, Darvish, and, and Musgrove. You need uh, they, and they have Morahone. Yeah, Adrian Morahone has has done some nice things. He was hurt, so they might maybe they give him a ch- uh, you know a chance to be that four. And you know they're an attractive team now, so maybe you can get a, a cheap veteran who's been doing it for a while. You know that wants to come and, and pitch there. So I think they definitely have an option there. I, to me, I think they're a desirable place now, and I'm interested to see what they what they do with it. So many great points in there. Uh, I, Juan Soto just has the feel of a guy that likes San Diego. Like his, I've been following his social media and just his everything. Everything that he said is like he's just. I feel like he loves the whole area. I'm getting good vibes from him. So that there could be there could be some uh, some you know momentum behind uh, maybe a long term deal with him given how far they've gone in the playoffs and this obviously if they, they're going to be back there next year. It feels like with all the other guys. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of trade guys, Robert Suarez just shoved in the back of that bullpen. They got, they got to bring that guy back. I know the NLCS didn't go his way, but I, I love that guy. Clevenger, obviously. Yeah. That's everything that you just said, but the other guy I really wanted to give some love to was Will Myers. I forgot that he has been in San Diego since 2015. And those were some lean years back then. There was not a lot of good, not a lot of good baseball being played in San Diego, but to be there as long as he is. Yeah. I feel like he, he has the vibes of a guy that would kind of come back if he was bought out for that one mil and, and to come back and just be a, be, be a Padre for, you know, the, the rest of his long career. But yeah, I mean, what, what has Will meant to that team? You feel like the last seven, eight years he's been there. I mean, that's, this is a guy that was a 30 Homer guy at one point. Um, what, what have you liked about Will Myers? Will is one of a kind. Dude. Will is just an interesting person, very laid back. But yeah, I think people forget what a kind, like what a good player he actually is. I know he's he's had uh, not his best seasons maybe the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean he was fine this year, but yeah, he's been there, dude. He he was a stud so early. He was so young when he first got up there and was with the Rays. I remember somebody put it. I, I can't remember what it was. It was like the one of the Rays playoff teams, like years ago and it was all these guys like blast from the past that I'm remembering and Will Myers was like hitting second I'm like like that's how long Will's been around so he's a great player man he he's he's a good athlete played first you know moved back he's been played all over the field in his career but did some more time at first base this year too so I think um I just always felt like he gave a pretty good at bat honestly when I was watching so I definitely think that there's a reunion there. He, he loves being in San Diego. I think the people there love him and, and he definitely brings something to the team. So what, a, yeah, what a good, if that, if this is it for him in San Diego, what a great, obviously we would like to win the world series, but making the playoffs and going on that run uh, good way for, for him to kind of end it after those tough times. I went and looked the 2013 Rays. They, uh, they went to the AL division series. They had Will Myers, Longo, Ben Zobris, David Price. I mean, they, yep. that was a, that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> that was so yeah. long ago. I know. And I'm like, look at dude, Will. I mean, Will was up there when he was really young, man. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I'm like looking, I'm like, oh my God, Will was on that team. Like, no way. That's insane. He was 22 back then. That was, he's only 31 now. This is not like he's, yeah, he's an not. old dude. 
I know. He's just – dude, he's been doing it a long time. He's, he was good, he's a good player. It, does he – is it – he believes in aliens or doesn't believe in aliens? I think he said – when they, you know, that was the that was the spring training thing where they had like the camera, the question, they were going out to the field, and I think he said that he didn't believe in aliens, and I was surprised that he didn't believe in aliens because, yeah, he he loves the he just like goes down rabbit hole, rabbit holes on YouTube about <laughs> like all sorts of things, and he he was I'm like that's what you do. He's like, dude, I don't like to when I talk to somebody and we just, you know, we're talking about like whatever I like to know what I'm talking about was basically his thing. So he just researches like all this stuff and that's what he likes to do. So he's, he's hilarious and he's just very interesting. So I figured he'd gone down a rabbit hole about aliens at some point, right? Like if you're doing yeah. that stuff, you got to try aliens. So I'm like, well, if, if Will doesn't believe in aliens, then he's got to know something because I guarantee he's looked at it. 100%. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most popular internet rabbit holes. It's like conspiracy theories, aliens, maybe like the Denver airport, he probably knows a good deal about. So yeah, that's, the, I again, the most the most interesting man in Major League Baseball. We've got to have him on the podcast, do like a, deep, like a deep dive. Like part of my take used to do the Wikipedia club, we'll just have the, the YouTube rabbit hole club where we just talk to Will about random things. He's watched 15 videos on at three in the morning on YouTube. There you go. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, it's, you know, just throwing that out there, Will. All right, uh, next up in the news category, a shocking managerial move. I had no idea this was going to happen. Bruce Bochy is the now the, the new manager of the Texas Rangers. Uh, he signed a three-year deal to be their next manager. He's 67 years old. He managed the Padres from 95 to 06 and the Giants from 07 to 19. He won three World Series with the Giants. He got the pods there in 98. Uh, the Texas Rangers last year were not very good. They were 68 and 94 and I didn't realize this, but in one run games, they were 15 and 35, which that's always kind of like the barometer of like, how good is your manager? It's like, what, what strings does he pull in a one run game uh, to be 15 and 35 is it's tough. So and last year they had Chris Woodward and interim manager, Tony Beasley, Bochi to Texas. W what does he bring as a manager? And can you kind of see him kind of writing that ship down there in Arlington? First of all, yeah, wasn't expecting that. I mean, good for good hire for Texas. Good for Bochi. Obviously, sees a nice fit there, come out of retirement and do it. But he brings, first of all, pedigree, winning pedigree. I mean, free World Series, at least, right? Off the top of my head, those years in San Fran. Knows how to win, knows how to manage. I'm, his job as a manager now has got to be easier because he doesn't have to worry about the DH or, I'm sorry, pinch hitting and, you know, all that stuff. So, and he's got, a, you know, some talented guys there. You talk about Seager and, and Simeon and our, our guy, Nate Lowe, what a year he had that's a pretty good start right there. And they, they have some other nice pieces. So uh, it seems like we were talking about this before we started recording. They had to have sold them on some sort of idea, right? They couldn't just, uh, I, I can't imagine he came out of retirement to lose or yeah. not, not have a good team. So they had to say, Hey, this is what we got. This is our plan for this off season. So I, I would assume that the, the Rangers are going to be big players on some some names in the you know on the free agent market and trades or whatever this this offseason so it should be interesting to see because you don't you don't hire Bruce Bochy out of retirement to not try to win the World Series yeah yeah exactly because like why even bother it's like I've already got my my three rings in my closet I've already got a like top 10 in wins or something crazy like that so um 
Yeah, we we definitely we need to see a turnaround in Texas because like obviously they're infield with the three guys you just mentioned and their catcher Jonah Heim is fantastic too. Um Adalas Garcia is there. Like they have a good bullpen, some really good young starting pitching. Need to lock up Martin Perez. He's a free agent this year. But um yeah, I mean there's there's obviously stuff to build upon, but you're right. So let's maybe this is gonna be a sign of like a foreshadow, like Texas. Anytime you see a big free agent this offseason, hell, let's let's get Aaron Judge down there somehow. Maybe. No. Maybe I'll stick thinking, with that. I don't know. Yeah. That would be nuts. Maybe they're thinking about it. I mean, I've definitely gotta think they're going after some pitching and, and maybe some a position player too. But yeah, man, it's once you see that in my mind, I'm like, they're they're gonna do something. Or they're gonna try to do something at least. Once the dust settles from all this, we got to get Nate Lowe back on and talk about the what he thinks about old Bochi. Get a get him on here, talk about uh, you know, see what his managerial style is like. That would be fun. Absolutely, we'll definitely do that. Probably shouldn't call him Nate though. He is Nathaniel, so maybe Nathaniel. that's hit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. All right, so that is everything that we had in our news category for this week. Uh, next up for you guys, we have our fudging awesome moment of the week. Our fudging awesome moment of the week is brought to you by our sponsor, the original Fudge Kitchen. You can find them online at fudgekitchenswithans.com. Let me tell you guys, you guys have been listening to this. I've been saying this whole time that I was going to order fudge when I got home, and I did last week, and it got here, I think, Friday afternoon, and I still have – I ordered two pounds of fudge about six different flavors like cookies and cream, chocolate marshmallow, vanilla marshmallow, peanut butter chocolate. Like, oh, I'm a little heavier than I was before the fudge came here, but man, is it good. The cookies and cream I could eat all day. You got to try it. It took like four days maybe to get here. Good prices. Unbelievable. I'm going to order it way too much this offseason. So go out. Fudge Kitchens with an S.com. They ship all over the country. They have plenty of other stuff, saltwater tapping, other tasty things too. Check them out. The original Fudge Kitchen. It's the best. I love that. I got to check that out too. Um, so, our fudging awesome moment of the week this week. Uh, so, a World Series prediction from 2019 on Twitter went viral this week. The the tweet is from at Big Dumper PM. There's just no way. I can't. There's no way around is that, it. Is that Cal Raleigh? Big <laughs> I wonder if he's a big, yeah, I wonder if he's a big Mariners fan now. That would actually be kind of sick. The guy tweeted it uh, on November 2nd, 2019. And the reason why it went viral is because he correctly predicted the last two World Series winners. And then he has them just listed down until 2029. And okay, so 2020, Dodgers, nailed it. 21, Braves, nailed it. 22, he said the Phillies, which in 2019, who the hell thought the Phillies would be in the World Series in 22? I don't. I don't think the Phillies thought they'd be in the World Series in 22. So that's that's a 50-50 shot of being correct this year. Then 23, he has the M's. Shout out Cal Raleigh, big dumper. And then 24, the Padres. Look at him. That's not I, – I could see that. 25, he has the Mariners again. So little, like, uh, odd-year dynasty, little San Francisco Giants action, which is funny because 26, he has the Giants winning the World Series. 27, he has the Angels, which I, I don't know about that one. Uh, 28, he has the Miami Marlins. And then in 2029, Big Dumper PM came through and said the Baltimore Orioles would finally hoist a World Series trophy for the first time since 1983. So how crazy is that? I mean, that's that's wild. To go two for two and predicting World Series champions like that is, that's, I mean, that's insane. The Dodgers, not that the Dodgers were some like far out, 
choice there, but still the Braves starts. I mean, they were not good that year in the beginning. And then there they go. Phillies. He's got a 50% chance this year. Right. And if you said it, the Phillies were not very good then either. And you know, the rest of the teams is listed. You got Mariners two of those years. I could see it. Right. They got Julio Rodriguez now and all those other guys like that makes sense. Padres, same thing. Padres totally makes sense. And then, yeah, the Giants, like, maybe they get Aaron Judge, come back, see that. I Is this guy like Nostradamus? This is nuts. Like, what if, what if, he, what if the Phillies win this year? What do we do? The big dumper is going to have just a, a renaissance on Twitter. He's going to be crushing it. Um, is he still it's just, I, I, I don't think he's that big on Twitter, though. I, he's not like – I think this is, this is like his big break, I feel like, for – for, for like how many followers does Big Dumper PM have? Can't have, he's not like that well known. Big Dumper PM, he's got 900 followers on Twitter. He's I always actually he is a Mariners fan. Yeah, his his Twitter name is Kelnick is here. <laughs> the big uh, it's, he's a big it's Kelnick fan. Good for him. What a prediction. We'll see. If the Phillies Phillies beat the Astros, then Big Dumper's really on to something. Yes. So it's just a storyline to follow. I'm looking forward to your 2029 World Series champion Baltimore Orioles. I feel like that is going to be that's just that, that that's going to that's going to make me feel good. And the fact that the Mariners are going to get two out of three there too, I mean that's we're already on the Seattle Mariners train. We're a Seattle Mariners pro podcast, so um, that'll be fun. And then who who the hell knows but the Angels <laughs> <laughs> got some stuff to figure out. All right, so that is our fudging awesome over the week. Next up for you guys, we have a top five. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've done a top five, but this week, in honor of the Bryce Harper NLCS home run, we wanted to take a look back at the top five most iconic postseason home runs of all time. It's it's a lot of fun, a lot of options to pick from. There's been so many great moments. I'll start us off with number five. It's David Ortiz's game-tying home run in game two of the 2013 ALCS. And why this one is so awesome and so iconic is you got the, the photo of the bullpen cop doing the, the arms up. You got Torrey Hunter flipping over the wall and Fenway with his legs up too. Just the double legs up, arms up. It's 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 one of the all-time greatest baseball photos of I mean that, I mean probably Yastrzemski pushing it down there. I mean these there's some photos that are just going to be iconic forever. So, um that is one of them. That's number 5. Number 4, it's David Freeze's walk-off home run in game 6 of the 2011 World Series to force a game 7. Uh the Joe Buck call and we will see you tomorrow night. It's just there's things that'll live on in infamy and that's one of them. Uh, number three, it's going to be Kirk Gibson's walk-off Game 1, 1988 World Series. Uh, and a year so improbable, the impossible has happened. Uh, Shout-out Vince Scully there. It's it's great. It's one of the all-time clips in baseball history. Uh, number two, Joe Carter, walk-off home run in Game 6 of the 93 World Series off Wild Thing, Mitch Williams. That's There's just a walk-off to win the World Series is all-time. I mean, that's that's insane. Joe Carter never has to buy a beer in the, in the city of Toronto ever again. And last but not least, number one, it's my personal number one. It's Howie Kendrick go ahead home run off the foul pole, Game 7, 2019 World Series. If you listen closely, you could still kind of hear it reverberating over there in Minute Maid Park uh, off Will Harris to win the Nationals World Series there. So uh, that is my five through one. Uh, what do you think? They're all amazing. Uh, they really are. And I said to you <clears throat> before this that four, three, and two for me are like non-negotiable like those are three of the top five no matter what i think ortiz's is phenomenal too and kendrick's is amazing i love that moment too but i feel like 
one and five, you can do personal kind of thing. So I'm stealing your four, three, and two numbers, four, three, and two. And for me, I'm switching those out. And number five for me is pull holes off of Lidge in the NLCS game five. That's an iconic shot. Everybody kind of knows about, but it put them up five, four, they ended up winning that game. Um, didn't win the series, but just, you know, that Homer, I feel like when you talk about Auburn pool holes, most people go to that Homer, just an absolute bomb. Just, and Lidge was so good. Uh, just an awesome one. And then, Number one for me, like you, is more of a personal number one, and it's Matt Stairs for the 2008 Phillies. Uh, pinch hitting, NLCS, uh, homered off of Jonathan Broxton, who was dominant at the time, to give the Phillies a 7-5 lead, and they won the game in Dodger Stadium. and made It uh, put them up 3-1 in the series, so it kind of sealed the deal there. And then obviously the Phillies go on to win the 2008 World Series there, but – you know, I loved Matt Stairs. Dude took absolute hacks, and he murdered this baseball in L.A., shut the whole place up. Uh, and as the story goes, you know, in my head, I always pictured Stairs, you know, not taking one swing before that, you know, and just going up on deck and, like, taking a couple dry swings, getting in the box and just swinging out of the shoes and hitting the shit out of the ball and, Apparently that's pretty close to what actually happened, which makes me very happy. Um, Matt Stairs looks like a guy you could drink some beers with and have a great time. That Homer, I'll never forget watching that Homer on TV. So that's number one for me personally, but <clears throat> all those ones are, are all time. Just great moments. A lot of these two, I feel like it's like the unsung hero is the guy that always comes up big in the postseason, like, like David free or Howie Kendrick was like, you know, he wasn't a big power guy, but in 19, he had a lot of a lot of power that year. Um, and Matt Stairs, obviously, with the journeyman who hit the home run. So I would like at some point to do maybe a top five unsung postseason heroes. I feel like that would be an interesting look back because there's like guys you wouldn't think about who just come up big in the biggest moments. So I think that might be a fun little exercise. Yeah, I know Stairs, that was his third at bat of the postseason. And this is when they had, you know, pitchers were, it was the NL, so there's no DH. So this was only his third of the postseason. And I think he actually got traded right before the deadline to the Phillies that year. And I think it was, I think I saw it was his 26th at bat since he'd become a Philly. So Damn. not very many. And that's what he did. So yeah, those stories like that, like they're, they're just amazing. So cool. I love that. Yeah. So I'll I have to look out for that one for a future top five. Um, so the second half of this episode is going to be a World Series preview. Before we get to that, we had two last quick things. We wanted to give a shout out to our friend of the podcast, Actions Over Words. It is an apparel brand with a mission of encouraging people to use their actions instead of their words. They were founded in Cape May, New Jersey by Alec Levin. They donate $5 of every sale to different charities around the world. Check them out at actionsoverwordsapparel.com. Use promo code N4L for 10% off of your entire order of tees, hats, hoodies, and more. And finally, uh, check out our Not For Long Media family of podcasts. We have tons of great content for you guys to check out. The Colin Thompson Show featuring uh, the Airplane Repo. Yes, this week. So there's just a ton of incredible, crazy stories about Ken Cage, uh, airplane repos. Check that out. Uh, Not for long media podcasts also include Two Girls, One League, and Aggies with Harry Mays and Jason Bertitas. Uh, this is this is the big one because it's the Phillies and Astros in the World Series. I don't think anybody had this prediction. I, I, it's just like uh, maybe the Astros. A lot of people, you did obviously having the Astros go to the World Series, but to have the Philadelphia Phillies in there, it's just been incredible to watch their run. 
There's a couple things to break down when we talk about the Astros and the Phillies. It's a little bit of a disparity in terms of, you know, perceived how good these teams are because there's a second largest disparity between them in terms of wins ever. The Phillies had 87 wins and the Astros had 106. Should the Phillies, like, should that even be a thought in their mind of like, oh my God, there's a giant 19-win gap between these two teams? Not at all, man, because it doesn't matter now, right? They got four games to win, and that's all you got to worry about. They're, they're both in the same spot. The Phillies are – they look like a team of destiny right now, man. They really do. I mean, the Astros are a phenomenal team. The Phillies just look like they may be that, that hot team at the right time, you know, as you hear so often about any playoffs in, in any sport. So – Regular season's out the window. All that matters is, is this series right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy that like if, if the third wild card didn't exist, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the Phillies because they if they wouldn't have, they wanted to crack that that top two spot, and then you know the Phillies would have been sitting at home this October. So you know they're obviously enjoying that new part of the CBA. Dude, I tweeted this after right after that game because I went on that rant with Colin like. All these people complaining about the playoff, uh, you know, structure this year and all this. I'm like, how the Padres and Phillies series alone was amazing. Just the back and forth, the comebacks, just the offense, like everything was phenomenal. Like, how could you argue that these it's it's not good or, you know, it's not fair. LA and the Braves should have been in it or like whatever like man that was amazing it was it was absolutely when harper hit that home run dude actually when harper took the change off the pitch before that was no joke probably the best single take of a pitch i have witnessed in my life given like the um the situation and everything too like that was people do not understand what an unbelievable take that was to not to not swing to not even flinch and then they hit the homer the next pitch i would like wasn't even surprised that's how locked in he looked like this this playoffs has just has just been phenomenal they really have so yeah third wild card some people don't like it i think it's just been great this year it really has so i just had to say that sorry absolutely i mean like I was talking to my dad about this the other day about just how like the Phillies had only had 87 wins and they snuck into the playoffs. And he's like, I don't, do you remember in 2006, the St. Louis Cardinals? I mean, they won their division, but they had 83 wins and they won the world series. Like people forget that. Like, yeah, it just matters when you get hot. It doesn't matter how many wins you have in the regular season. If the Cardinals can have 83 wins and win the whole thing, why can't the 87 win fills and their, their plucky wild card status do the same thing. So. Yeah. It's, Listen, I don't think they should expand it anymore. I think this is, I think this <laughs> that's is a, good. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is enough, but to complain about the structure now, like I think is, is stupid, but yes, we're good here. Good amount of teams. We're done. No, no more. I don't know. How sick fourth wild card. Just think that about is, it. Yeah, man. It's then it, it would get too watered down. <laughs> I do agree. Like it'll, that a 79 win team would get in. <laughs> yeah, you take you take you do play so many games in the regular season, it would be like, all right, this is a little too much. But yes, <laughs> I think I know I really honestly I think yeah. this is this is the boundary of where like they could push it and it's still meaningful and like good enough. 
and they can make you know their extra money that they whatever yeah. money they TV. wanted to make from it. And yeah, like this, but this is like this is it. Can't can't go more. <laughs> All right, just you know, just throwing that out there. In case make anybody it. cared. An even <laughs> number though, yeah. Um, so in terms of matchup wise, who has the edge in terms of you know things as such as starting pitching, bullpen, and lineups? Uh, for the starting pitching, the Phillies, Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Syndergaard, Bailey Falter. Wheeler in the playoffs, 25 innings, 1.78 ERA. Uh, we've talked about it. Ryan Ripken and I have talked about him a lot. Just one of the best under-the-radar under free agent signings the last, I don't know how long. Aaron Nola has a 3.12 ERA in the playoffs. Suarez, um, nine innings, two earned runs. One thing that I thought was interesting about this is that they're 4-0 in the playoffs in games not started by Wheeler or Nola. They want both of Ranger Suarez's starts. And then they won the the center guard and then the falter game as well. Do you like the Phillies starting pitching compared to the Astros? No, I like the Astros better. But Wheeler, I said this, I faced when Wheeler was in New York, I faced him when I was in Cincinnati. And he was just kind of like, I don't know, no one made it sound like he was any good. And I'm like, after my first bat, I'm like, this guy's fucking unbelievable. Like this guy's stuff is phenomenal. And so I've always had respect for Wheeler. He's been phenomenal this playoffs. Uh, so yeah, he's great, and Saint Nola is great too. But you know, Verlander and Valdez is a tough one-two punch over there. So it's just as a whole, man. I like I like the Astros staff. Their their bullpen is very good too. But it's not like the Phillies aren't. It's not like the Phillies pitchers aren't good. I just like the Astros. To that, I would say Justin Verlander in the World Series has been abysmal. So he's made seven career starts in the World Series, four with the with Houston, three with Detroit. He's 0-6 with a 568 ERA. It's when the lights shine brightest for old JV, one of the best pitchers of our generation, doesn't always perform. Um, so I'm curious to see how he does this go around. I don't know what it is about like. This guy has been one of the best like regular season and playoff non-World Series pitchers of all time. And then it's just whenever it gets to the World Series, you get him, you know, against the Washington Nationals getting his, you know, getting shellacked. So maybe that happens again. That's a crazy stat. That is a crazy stat. And Wheeler is Wheeler's really good. I don't know, man. It's that's why I love it. It's because when people were talking, like, you know, you talk about these teams and it goes back to the playoff thing. Like people are mad about these teams being in the playoffs I'm like do you see some of the names they have on their team though like just take away harper and all the the hitters like wheeler and nola are legit pitchers you know they're running out so anthony dominguez has turned into a dominant pitcher too so like like you just look at these names come on they're not bums like these dudes yeah. these dudes are good <laughs> you know what i mean like this it's going to be a great matchup when it's wheeler versus uh verlander or if it's nola First Verlander, I'm assuming it's Wheeler, but yeah, we'll see. I like Valdez is is our, along the lines of Wheeler. Valdez, Framber Valdez is played with him in the in the DR in the winter league. Had no idea who he was. This was in nineteen, and I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. And this, I think it was kind of before he. I think the next year is when he kind of really like started throwing well in the big leagues. Dude, he's strong as a bull. He built like a brick shit house and. All he does is throw – I for whatever record he's got going right now, dude, is – all he does is throw up quality starts like every single time He's and get ground balls. He's unreal. Rammer Valdez, he, so I looked it up. He has 12 and two-thirds innings in this playoffs. He's only given up two earned runs. So 
This guy's this guy's a stud. I I think the starting pitching is more evenly matched than people think. I'm just gonna ride the hot hand of, of Zach Wheeler. I think Nola is obviously very very solid. So um, and if you know World Series Justin Verlander rears his ugly head again, it's I don't know. Phillies Phillies could have a, a legitimate chance in the starting pitching department. You mentioned the bullpen. The Astros in the regular season they had the best relief ERA in baseball. It was two point eight. So uh, once their starters hand the ball off to the pen, it's not great for the other team. They have so many great guys, like Ryan Presley, one of the best under-the-radar relief pitchers this season, Rafael Montero. Like, they have a lot of guys in the bullpen, um, and I think their whole bullpen, like, in, in the in the world, in the playoffs, they only gave up two earned runs, I think. I think that's the stat I saw. Compared to the Phillies, you, you mentioned it, Sir Anthony Dominguez this postseason, seven and two-thirds, 15 strikeouts. Don't know how that's possible. One earned run. And then Jose Alvarado, who throws gas, nine strikeouts in eight innings, so... Um, do you, whose bullpen do you like better? I like the Astros bullpen better overall. Like you just admit, Ryan Stanek has had an unbelievable season. His numbers are a joke. His ERA, I forget. It's like a one something during the year. He's only thrown two innings because he's only had to throw two innings. Like it's not, they're not hiding him. It's just, they, that's when he's had to throw. Presley's phenomenal. This kid, Brian Abreu got DFA like two times this year is out there throwing 99 with an unreal slider. I don't know how that happens, but how he gets DFA, but they're, I, they're really good. The, the Phillies have, I feel like the Phillies have a couple of shaky spots there, maybe, but Dominguez and uh, Alvarado, former Tampa Bay Ray, like splashed on the pitching, ninja, uh, pitching ninja scene with his 99 mile an hour fastball. That was moving like two and a half feet at the plate. I've faced him live batting practice not fun because back then the knock was didn't always know where it was going so 99 100 moving two and a half feet it could be coming at your head from you know left on left not great but he got sent down in the middle of this year to triple a and whatever adjustments they did like he says figured it out and now is dominant throwing strikes. Uh, he he looks great. His stuff is gross. So overall, I like the Astros, but the Phillies, again, the Phillies are not this you know, bum team that doesn't have anybody that can throw. David Robertson in the back of the Phillies bullpen too came back after his calf after jumping too high. I didn't know. Okay, Ryan Stanek, also former Tampa Bay Ray. This this season, one point one five ERA in fifty nine regular season games. But in two postseason innings, you struck out four. So, I mean, that's and, – and then the Yankees series, it was one inning, three strikeouts. So, <laughs> that's – I've never heard of this guy before. Hand up. I don't know the lot of the back – a lot of the back of the, the Astros bullpen before this, but good guy. I don't know how – how do, how does anybody expect to get a hit or a runoff of these guys like Presley and, and, and Stanek? Like, that's – I feel bad now for the Phillies. That's tough. Stanek is like the original opener. Like when the Rays first did that, it was Stanek that was starting the games. So, yeah, man, he's thrown two innings. I don't, it's crazy. I don't really understand how he's only thrown two innings, but I guess they were just saving him for the oh shit moments. Like we got, we need to get some strikeouts and we need to get out of this. And it just hasn't happened as much. But yeah, man, the Astros, they got some dudes back there. Holy hell. All right. Well, I'm going to give the Astros bullpen the edge there. So um, I, as you are as well, the lineup is where it gets interesting though. So a couple guys on the Astros want to give a shout out to Jeremy Pena, 
ALCS. I think he was the ALCS MVP, wasn't he? He was. But also, just the most sneaky Jack human of all time. I saw this on, on MLB Central the other morning. It's just the guy's got gigantic biceps. I don't know how he buys shirts. Six for 17, the ALCS, two bombs, two doubles. He had like a 353 average. Bregman, this postseason's batting a clean 300. Jordan obviously had the big ALDS with two big bombs. The Phillies lineup, obviously Bryce Harper. So Bryce Harper, we could have like an hour conversation about him if we wanted to. He has 11 extra base hits this playoffs. It's three shy of the MLB record for a single postseason. David Freeze, shout out. Also, Randy Rosarena. All these records that Harper has in the playoffs is insane. He's the single-season Phillies record holder for hits, total bases, extra base hits. He's already tied for fourth with Reese Hoskins with five homers in a single postseason. Like, these guys are just carrying the load for the Phillies lineup there. Uh, And obviously, guys like Schwarber and Castellanos as well, and Hoskins are are killing it. So when we talk about these lineups, where do you kind of see the edge, and, and what do you like about it? I like the Phillies lineup a little bit better. All those names you just said. Harper looks like the best hitter on the planet right now. I just feel like the, the Phillies are just kind of clicking and rolling at the right time. All those guys, Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, Schwarber, uh, they like Castellanos, just like down the line. There's some really good hitters in there. Uh, but that being said, man, the Astros just get it done too. Like it, Jordan had the big ALDS, didn't have a great um, ALCS, but he's, we know how good he is too. Jeremy Pena, he played him at AAA last year, dude, and we all were sitting there like, all right, this is why they're going to let Correa walk because this dude's a stud and is ready. <clears throat> and, yeah, that guy, he looks like an NFL running back out there. Like, he is just an athlete, just an absolute athlete. Good for him, the way he's swinging it. But, yeah, the I, I, the Astros have been there, dude. They just kind of get it done. Their lineup is very good. They're, they're a good hitting team, but – I don't know, man. I just go back to the Phillies, Harper, and those those other names. I just – they're clicking at the right time. Can the Astros pitch and shut them down? Absolutely. Good pitching can definitely shut down good hitting. But I'm going to roll with the Phillies lineup for this one. Even guys like Chaz McCormick, two big homers in the ALCS. Like, well, I think one of those is off of Garrett Cole, too. It's just yep. – they, they have a lot of, like, depth in that Astros lineup, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is, a, this is a coin flip, honestly. I, I could see these lineups going either way. Um, the Phillies are obviously the hotter one, and Bryce Harper is just killing it in every single category offensively. So, it'll be interesting to see, but, you know, never count the Astros lineup out. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was more about Bryce Harper is that we've seen people online start to throw the take around of if he's the greatest free agent signing of all time which that might be hyperbole because I feel like, you know, Max Scherzer would probably have something to say with that, say about that. But MVP last year is breaking all the records, like I mentioned, for 13 years, 330. The Phillies owner said, I think I might have underpaid you, which is an odd thing to say. What do you think about the concept of Bryce Harper in terms of being the best free agents or one of the best free agent signings of all time? That's a very tough question to answer. Is he one of the best of all times? For, for sure. Is he the best? I don't know. I guess you'd have to dive in pretty deep for that one, but he fits in in Philly so well. Growing up in Philly, like he, the kind of like how he plays the game, the aggression, the, you know, how hard he plays the game. He's just kind of like a Philly dude in that sense. So they love him there. And that hit, dude, that at bat, the homer was just so big. 
like I can't really explain how massive that was. It was just like the moment. It was perfect. It really was. So, yeah, I think he's lived up to that contract and more. If they win the World Series, they're going to say he's the greatest free agent signing ever. It's 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 such a tough question, but man, I'm I'm just so impressed with like he's he's been in the he's been the center of like baseball attention for so many years since he was so young and like he's basically lived up to it all. I mean, he's an unreal player. He's still doing it to just what he means to Philly. What, what, what I was saying this to you before, what the Phillies mean to Philly is a ton. They are gigantic in Philadelphia when they're playing well that place is not I mean, you see it on TV that place is nuts if it's the regular season it's still nuts the postseason is just crazy so they love it there he's been phenomenal I'm just excited to watch I think this World Series is going to be awesome I can't wait to watch give me a great one yeah I mean I think I think if the Phillies win the World Series we could start to have that conversation but up until this point, I mean, they were like 500. They were maybe like a game or two over 500. So it's like, you know, they hadn't had the, the immediate success that one might think would happen with a, a free agent signing of the best of all time. But I, I think he's slowly getting to that point. And look, and as a Nationals fan, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big Harper guy. Like I, I love what he did for the team, but it's, I don't know. It's, I'm conflicted. I was in the Tampa airport watching that, the NLCS on my laptop. I, I slammed it shut when he had the the gigantic home run in the NLCS, and I had to go take a walk. That's how mad I was. <laughs> so, so we can't uh, trust you. We can't yeah. trust you. You're, you're you're bitter, partial. No, I get it, man. A little it's, bit, yeah. You know, I I that moment, like, I just don't. Unless you're from Philly, I don't think you can fully understand like what what a moment that really was when he hit that <clears throat> that home run. It was just. Uh, it was crazy. So, yeah, they uh, they win. I think if you ask anybody in Philadelphia, they're going to say it's best free agent signing of all time, and it won't matter. Now, we have to – yeah, if we really wanted to do it, we'd have to go through it. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of Xerxes good free is yeah. the greatest. So, um, but he's brought a whole lot to that team aside from just winning and losing. So – yeah, change the culture. I'll get I'll, I'll get the greatest culture culture changing free agent signing of all time. I will <laughs> sign off on that wholeheartedly. Um, in terms of the greatest of all time, I don't think that's I don't think we're there yet. Um, yeah, a couple other things though in terms of this World Series, the, the ticket prices. Uh, this is not just for for sports nerds. This is not just a Darren Ravel thing anymore. But I, I think it's just fascinating because the average ticket price for games in Philadelphia is more than double the average ticket price for games in Houston. I guess because Houston's like, we've been there, we've done that. You know, they went there in 19, was it 1921? So it's like 17 too. So it's like, they've always kind of been in the World Series mix. But for Philly to have an average ticket price of like $3,200, they were just in it like in like 08. It's not like this was like the Cubs where the Cubs hadn't been there in God knows how long. So when you see like highest ticket prices for game one, Philly, $50,000, what do you think about that? Who the hell's paying that, first of all? <laughs> Don't know. But Philly's a pretty blue collar city. I don't know who's who's paying fifty one G's for <laughs> for that ticket. But I kind of, dude, I'm telling you, like the, the Phillies games are nuts there. Philly in general, if if 
whatever team it is, if they're good, people, I mean, they definitely show up. They really do. They, you know, the Eagles are probably a little bit more a favorite than the Phillies, but the Eagles and Phillies there, man, are, are just huge. So those games are going to be packed. They're going to be nuts. Yeah, Houston, I guess they're a little spoiled. They've been pretty good recently. Maybe some more people have gotten to get to a World Series game, but shit, man, you don't know. It might not happen for another 14 years for, for a Philly fan. So they want to go check it out. It's, a, it's an experience. But yeah, 51, I don't know who's 51 grand. That's insane. Good for them. But uh, I don't. That's on the secondary market too. So that's like you're going on StubHub and you're just dropping a cool fifty thousand dollars on like the Diamond Club suites or something. I don't even know what you would have to pay to get fifty grand worth of World Series for that. <laughs> I don't know. Better be a good time though. It's what yeah. They, I've seen. They, yeah. You go and it's like eight nothing after the first inning. <laughs> eight nothing Houston. Astros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like shit. Then you just have to you have to wear it, dude. You have to sit there the entire time. You're getting fifty k's yeah. worth. I feel like you can't. We are leave. not leaving. <laughs> there's be 10 people left in the stands and it's all just people that paid fifty thousand dollars in terms of when so you've obviously been playing baseball for a long time but when you're going to baseball games do you would you have a favorite big game you went to or, or a game where like ticket prices probably wouldn't be fifty thousand dollars but like when you were a kid did you go to like a big playoff game yeah when i was in high school when in, in uh 08 when they won <clears throat> went to the first game of the nlcs against the dodgers and i believe they put up a bunch of runs off Kershaw to start the game in like the first and second inning. Like it was a, they kicked the shit out of the Dodgers that game, but the place was electric. It was nuts. So that was, that's my favorite one I've, I've ever gone to for sure. Yeah. I haven't had to spend, spend money on a, on a game. I don't, I don't, it was, Oh yeah. I guess, I guess Clayton Kershaw was pitching in 2008. I mean, he was good guy. That's like, that's all, that was, he was 20 years old. Doing a long time. This wasn't a this wasn't a thing to make you feel old or or make him feel. This is not. I just thought that was. I, I guess you're right. Yeah, Kershaw's been around for a long time. Um, I went to I went to two in 2014. I went to the ALDS in Baltimore. Um, the Delman Young double game. Uh, I sat up in the left field, like behind the foul pole, and I saw videos on my phone. Like my eardrums are still hurting from that game because it was the loudest thing I've ever been a part of. And then. My mom and I went to that one. Then my mom and I also went to ALCS game one, I think. And then Zach Britton blew it, which was great because he couldn't find the strike zone. And I just remember screaming, throw a strike. He just couldn't. And then Kansas City came away with that one. So, um, I, yeah, those those two, those are awesome. Like, going to a big playoff game in your home city or home, like, sports team, I mean, there's there's nothing like it. I, I It's, it's going to be the greatest thing ever for Phillies people again. Yeah, that – I texted our buddy Morgan, Gregory, strength coach, uh, friend of the pod, after, you know, saying congrats and everything after we were talking. And I was like, how crazy was it? He's like, dude, I'm not kidding. The entire stadium was shaking. Yeah. It was so loud in there. Like when, when Harper hit that home where you couldn't even really hear the call, like the TV call, it was so loud in the stadium. It was just like drowned out. So crazy. Philly, Philly's no joke when, uh, when it comes to that. The grease in the poles and people are still climbing. So. It's gonna be all the all the visuals we saw from the Eagles Super Bowl parade. God knows what's gonna happen for this oh, one. It's one I don't know. My life. People were eating horse poop. That was fun. That was Dude, a fun time. The, I've never seen Philly. It was so packed the Eagles parade, but everybody. This doesn't happen very often in Philly. Everybody was so happy. Like everybody was just so happy because the Eagles won, 
and it was just like the most the, the just nicest thing ever because it was packed and people were slamming into each other and everything but everyone was just drinking and like so happy no one there was no fights there's no anything i was just so pumped wait you so, went, i didn't know did you go up there for that one for the super bowl parade oh i was yeah. down there it was great oh yeah february 18 or was, whatever yeah i was still yeah i was still living up there hadn't moved down to florida yet and uh one of my really good buddies had a, an awesome house at basically South and Broad, which is right in the middle of everything. He's a block off of South Street and a block off of Broad Street. So went down the night before and we were just parked at 630 in the morning, right right there at the corner of South and Broad. And it was uh it was a great time. Yeah, I mean I you know Nationals Parade was pretty sick. Capitals parade was pretty sick. So Look, DC's got DC's had a couple of parades too, and the Mystics won the WNBA championship that same year. So district district of champions. Um, so yeah, it's I, I would put I would put those DC parades up there. Uh there's nothing like just carrying like pockets full of warm Miller light around, waiting until you can crack one in, in an area that's not being watched by anybody. That was that was my nationals parade experience. It was it was hot Miller light day. It's great. Dude, it was so cold. It was so cold for the Eagles parade. It would have been great to have a hot. <laughs> as opposed to a cold one. Oh my god, it was freezing. Damn, was yeah. I I would like depressed. a above room temperature beer right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the best. That's uh last thing though, before we, you know, we're obviously this is gonna come out on Thursday. The World Series starts on Friday. Prediction time. So we've obviously not had a great run of it with our brackets. Um what what's your official World Series prediction? Phillies and seven. Oh damn. Boom. You're doing it. I'm doing it. Phillies and seven. It. I don't know, man. They just I listen. I've said this whole time. I the Astros just win. Uh they're a great team. I, I am a fan of how they just win. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They just they just fucking win. But man, watching that Phillies and Padres series. And I know the Astros kicked the shit out of the Yankees. Watching the Phillies and Padres series, man, the Phillies, I don't know. They just look like that team of destiny. They just, it's just like shit's going their way. I don't know. I just think the Phillies, Phillies and seven. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Phillies and seven from Brian. My prediction is Astros and six. Astros and six. That might just be, I, I feel like I don't, I haven't seen any polling on this, but that might be the consensus. I feel like it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like Astros and four, Astros and five, because I, I think the Phillies are good. But, uh, you know, when the rubber meets the road, whatever cliche you want to throw in the beginning of this, I just think the Astros get it done. And I think this is Dusty's year to get a World Series ring. Win one for Dusty. And Dusty, we trusty for for our guy, uh, Dusty Baker. I think he needs one. He Dusty needs one for that Hall of Fame resume on that plaque. It would look so much cooler. All the, the wins, the pennants, the, all that um, with all these different teams. But if he's like, you know what? I'm going to cap this, this runoff with a World Series in Dusty, we trusty. Write it down. Book it. I got nothing more to that. I mean, that was that's a great way to, to end it for you. Right end there. It, yeah. Dusty, we trusty. And Dusty, we trust. Look, I want Dusty to win one, man. It's he needs it. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this World Series. I really am. I think I think this is uh, an awesome matchup. A lot of good storylines in there, and a lot of great players. So I'm. What I I, I hope it goes six or seven. I hope yeah. it's a great great World Series, and we get a lot to watch. Absolutely. The crowds in Philadelphia are going to be rocking. I can't wait to see that for, I think it's game three when they first come back to Philadelphia. So um, yeah, 
been a lot of fun. This is kind of our World Series preview predictions. Obviously, we're not very good at these predictions, but we try our hardest. And you know, that's all I can really say at the end of the day. Don't look at our brackets anymore. I still have one team alive, but I just picked against them. So oh well. <laughs> I know it's but. like, you know, you know what? This, this good <laughs> run that you've been on with Houston here, no more. Phillies in seven. Yeah. yeah. Be great. That's fun. Talk. All right. See you guys next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Wait up.